0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 30 Crime I'm your host, Nicholas Larimer, joined today by Soragon. So let's get into it. And the first one is an investigative story done by Times Live. And this is one of the craziest crime stories I've seen out of South Africa in a long time. It concerns a certain uh, Pakistani national who is accused of basically being the kingpin of a kidnapping, ransom, murder, uh, kind of mafia-style um, um, human trafficking ring. Uh, which has been operating in the country for many years, and that he ascended to this position after everyone else um, ahead of him in the hierarchy of this gang was all killed in a uh, poisoning incident. Anyway, the shocking thing about this story is how this guy appears to have evaded the law so effectively for such a long period of time. So he's managed to change his name, He's, uh, 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 he's accused of, of... He was found, I think, guilty of, of passport fraud and so was supposed to, to, to have been deported from the country back in 2014. But according to the Department of Home Affairs, someone wiped his profile clean uh, and removed the fact that he was supposed to be deported. He has also been charged multiple times with things like kidnapping and murder in Lanesia in Cockstad, in Matatiao, in Port Shepston. And every single time... The charges are mysteriously withdrawn or the docket goes missing or the docket is changed and it just paints the picture of someone who is operating entirely outside of the law very possibly through corruption so this clear it's apparently got the attention of the hawks now but sara to me this just paints a shocking picture of how easy it is to get away with crime in south africa and how deep the rot is in the uh, in the systems of accountability, no wonder trust in the police is so low
1: no, no I mean the thing is it, it strikes me as you were as you were talking that he's operated largely in small t- uh, sort of small towns so he's kept away he appears to have kept away from the from the metros and I guess those are easy pickings you know there are cops waiting to be um, you know given money under the table there are t- a Department of Home Affairs officials Um the fact that they could be wiped so easily, I think, suggests that uh, some reprogramming of computers be be done. Because this is he's, he's almost a classic. I mean, he's he's almost a caricature of an of a uh, subcontinent crook. Um, I mean, even the abused the spousal visa. So I mean, the guy's talented. You've got to admit that. But I assume, you know, the more work he does, the more money he gets to bribe with
0: it's just absolutely insane and he, uh, apparently most of his uh, alleged victims are also actually people of Pakistani descent interestingly so he seems to very uh, operate within some kind of very kind of narrow quite small mm-hmm. community and i think that makes it in a way even more shocking is that uh, you know this, the the evidence appears to not be rare or difficult to find uh, and yet he just seems to have evaded capture for so long i think what this 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 really shows that if we're going to want to reform law and order in this country and 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 uh, you know repair uh, uh, the South African police, there needs to be a very significant overhaul of the entire system from the police to the prosecutorial stuff. You're going to have to probably spend as much time investigating the police as you are on catching regular criminals. If if, if a new yeah. government actually wanted to fix the
1: problem, yeah, and and of course it's right. I mean it's always easier to target your own, because you know how people operate and what businesses they're in. And that some of them may well be legal and vulnerable.
0: Indeed. Alright, um, let's move on to our next story. And this is one of those stories that kind of makes you laugh. Uh, a a member of the South Africa Revenue Service, so he was an employee, I think he was a junior investigator, called into for work in September of 2020, saying, he wasn't feeling well. This is, of course, during COVID. And so everyone was very, you know, careful to 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 abide uh, by stay at home and all that sort of thing. So uh, he sent a text message to his supervisor saying that he was not feeling well. However, his supervisor noticed on television a few hours later that he was in fact at an EFF protest outside of cliques at the time, if anyone remember, I'm sure everyone remembers those Clicks protests, um, very enthusiastically joining in on the protest. And so he was dismissed from SARS for dishonesty. They said that he had lied to his supervisor and abused a sick day. Well, uh, he went to the uh, CCMA, said, I notified you I was not feeling well on the 7th of September. Later on that day, I, be- I became a bit better after taking some medication. And quite shockingly, the CCMA ruled in his favor that his dismissal was unfair. Now, this has gone through to a court. Um, I think it was the High Court. And That's it has found... Course. Sorry?
1: The Labor Court.
0: Labor Court, sorry. And I think the Labor Court made the right court here where they said, no, it was totally... Uh, acceptable to fire uh, this guy in dishonesty, Sarah. What do you make of this case? Uh, you have a lot of experience with labour, so.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think what the I, again, unless something passed under the table, uh, I think the problem is that the, the I haven't seen the, the, the arbitration award, but it, it may be in a confusion as to, you know, there was an inhibition on his right to protest. Um, now, much as a lot of us may like. Um, protesting for the EFF criminal, um, that is not criminal and you can do it, you you know, you can show your political allegiance as you will. The issue is the dishonesty. And and it, nice. it's, it's also a bit of a classic in, in labour law terms because dishonesty is usually subject to dismissal because it ultimately really breaches the relationship of trust between the employer and employee, and it's a form of fraud because what he's trying to do is use his sick leave, which he – Keeping his annual leave intact while he, yes, you know, goes and toy toys and hurls bricks at windows or whatever he was doing.
0: Uh, the judge said, "It is, it is common cause that uh, the, the, the EFF member here participated in a protest action on a day in which he unashamedly and audaciously indicated to SARS he was not feeling well. It is apparent that although he was not feeling well, he felt well enough to participate in protest action. <laughs> and I think that kind of sums it up. Yeah, I think it does. Felt call-
1: much better afterwards.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. And what medicine did he take? Um, <laughs> the uh, I, I think this does suggest that there's a real problem with the CCMA." Uh, that that the that it is, uh, and I, th- I think anyone who's had to deal with labor issues probably knows this, um, that it is not handling cases, at least in some cases, correctly. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, let's move on to our last story for today, and this is a statement from the DA about the employment equity amendment, uh, the employment equity draft regulations, which have, I think caused an uproar all over society. Um, We've certainly been very vocal about it. Uh, But this is coming at it from a slightly different angle. The DA points out that uh, in many sectors, the targets are much higher for men than for women, uh, which is kind of a little bit strange if you think about it for a number of reasons, one of which is that the ANC is often going on about female empowerment, um, but also that uh, the unemployment rate for women is actually about 5% higher than it is for men. Um, the DA then goes on to say that they think that education and skills development are key factors in solving uh, uh, the problems of unemployment, uh, rather than you know quotas and that kind of thing. So, Sora, I don't know what do you make of this. I think it's it's yet another example of how mad this entire scheme is. Uh, there's, there seems to be an assumption built into these things that, well, you know, there just aren't enough women employed, and there won't be for ages. So we're just going to set the target lower. You can't design society down to this granular level.
1: Well, I think the problem is you can't design society at all. It's not for the government to design society. And as soon as you start to to, to get into this bizarre design, things just don't make any sense. People fall out of the picture when they should be in the picture. It, it's it's absolute nonsense. And of course, the, the important point that DA makes is and or, is that it's the women are being negatively affected. And the reality is that households single parent households are usually run by the females and so they are the people who perhaps more need access to employment right. in order to feed uh, children and, and elderly parents or whatever it may be and and you know your chances are you're going to get a, a much fairer result just by letting the market operate freely obviously with improved education and training
0: Right, and and that's one of the core things that you need to fix. It's just, you know, uh, uh, is actually fix some of the fundamentals because otherwise you're just going to be employing people who can't do uh, work into positions, or or maybe preventing people who can do work from getting into positions. I mean, infamously these these uh, these targets for some provinces in certain sectors say that, for example, I believe Limpopo that the the, uh, the aspired to target for which if you do not meet, the government can fine you ten percent of turnover. Um, uh is zero percent employment for colored males in Limpopo. Now it's, there aren't that many colored people in Limpopo, but there are some. So <laughs> if you're if you have a career as a farmer ahead of you uh and you're a colored guy in Limpopo, I guess the government just thinks that you should be out of luck.
1: Absolutely. I think I think basically it it gives the that chilling if if convoluted and idiotic, but a chilling aspect to the whole idea of social engineering. Indeed. Not with
0: And, of course, what as always happens in social engineering, ordinary people's lives are messed around, uh, people lose opportunities, and human suffering is induced. So the faster we throw these regulations in the fire where they deserve to be uh, and come up with something much better, the uh, better for everyone. Okay. That is all the time we have for today. Uh, We hope that you found this interesting, and we will see you tomorrow. We'll have another Daily Fred wrap episode, and uh, that's a wrap.